Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Todd and I enjoy doing these podcasts together, especially when we can share some of our experiences, some of our experience, and just some of our our knowledge and love of aviation with each of you. We have a good time bantering back and forth and having a laugh or two. We also have a lot of fun interviewing others, and that's where the the tagline of the podcast comes in, uh, life or aviation lives, lifestyles, and business, because we learn so much from the folks that we interact with on a daily basis. I think that's one of the most fun and enlightening things to me about this business is the people that we run into. Uh, some uh, often just by happenstance because they've either hired us or we've come to know them through uh, different other contacts. And, and we learn a lot about uh, life. We learn a lot about business. We learn a lot about just perspectives, especially as it relates to aviation. And so this week, uh, we have interviewed Richard Davidson. Now, Richard is a customer of ours. Uh, we sold a Saratoga of his. We helped him acquire a Piper Matrix. But what's interesting about Richard, and it's kind of one of those things that we have tried to beat the drum on uh, somewhat unsuccessfully, frankly, is that Richard, I think he gets it in terms of how to properly uh, approach airplane ownership. Richard not only has the means to own an airplane, but he has the mindset to own an airplane. And I hope that you pick up on that in this episode. Because we see a lot of folks, and especially, uh, honestly, it's a lot of them in that PA-46 group that are uh, more inclined to go out and use that airplane uh, in spite of the fact that it might require additional training. And Richard really has uh, a good perspective on uh, safety for, for his family regarding training uh, or how training and how maintenance interact with those things. So I, I hope you pick up on that, and I, I hope that if you are one of those people that is inclined to uh, get the most airplane you can uh, just because you can afford it, that you also take into consideration the training needs and, and just the responsibility that comes along with uh, stewarding an airplane during your ownership tenure. So anyway, here's uh, my uh, interview, Todd and I's interview with Richard Davidson. Hi, this is Chris Kirk with Todd Mitten here for the Wild Blue podcast, where we uh, we talk about aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. And today we are honored to have Richard Davidson. Richard is uh, not only a former customer, but he is a, an airplane owner, a business owner with us. And uh, Richard lives down in Southwest Missouri. So Richard, welcome to the podcast. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So uh, give, us, uh, give us a little bit of background on, uh, on who Richard Davidson is. Well, sure. Uh, born in Southwest Missouri, went to college down here in Southwest Missouri. And uh, my my uncle started flying or got his pilot's license when I was still in high school. So when I was in college, I went out to the local FBO and started taking lessons. And in addition to taking lessons, I got hired on fueling airplanes and started working for the regional airline down in Joplin in college and uh, had my had my private license since 89. Got my instrument rating about 20 years later and uh, have owned four airplanes, fly 
for my business today, but uh, always loved aviation. I wanted to be a pilot. Uh, my dad had different plans for me for college. He refused to pay to send me to flight school, so he made me go get my business degree, and then life got busy. You get married, you have kids, and here I am 30 years later envying you guys who fly fly the big things, and I'm just sitting here flying a Malibu around every so often. Just, just a Malibu. Just a Malibu. So you, you've had, I didn't realize you'd had four airplanes. I knew about the Saratoga, of course, knew about the, uh, the Matrix, but what else, um, what else have you had? Yeah, so I started my business in 97 and, and decided, you know, it'd be nice to have an airplane to fly around. So I went and bought, uh, I think in 2000 or 2001, it was before 9-11, I bought a, a Cessna 172 SP. And uh, I, had, I had messed around trying to do instrument training at the local FBO and you go out there once or twice a month and you forget half the things. So I, when I got the 172, I went down to American Flyers in, in uh, Addison and stayed there for seven straight days and did nothing but instrument training and uh, finished my check ride and got it done and had the 172 for a while, moved up to an F-33 Bonanza. And uh, that airplane, uh, I put a new engine in it while I owned it and moved up to the IO-550, which made the made that bird a pretty good uh, pretty good machine and then as the family grew I needed more seats I moved up to the Saratoga minivan to be able to haul all the girls and then as they got bigger I decided I'm going to put my comfort ahead of theirs and moved up to the Malibu that I got from you all last year. The, uh, I, I want to back up for a second because I thought it was interesting uh, Richard you you went you got your instrument rating on one of those uh, courses where you knock it out real quick what, what would you consider the pluses and minuses of that to our listeners? You know, maybe we have a listener who's considering that kind of a, a course. They're pretty popular. What, uh, what was your, uh, what'd you find out about it? What do you think? Well, in my, in my situation, by then I owned my business and I found it hard to find time to go, go fly for an hour or two. And it was going to stretch on for, for a while. So I, I made the decision to just take a, a week or two off from school. I called around or from work called around to several different places and American flyers uh, seemed to, to fit what I needed. They were a close flight down to the Dallas Metro area uh, in the 172. I uh, went down and, and met with an instructor. We seemed to hit it off. So I, I scheduled it and we, I had my, my uh, written done before I went in and it took me about seven days. And, you know, I, I was pretty confident. I had by then probably seven, 800 hours under my belt. So it wasn't like I was uh, a newbie coming out of a private ticket, but uh, it just fit my schedule well. It forced me to go do it. It forced me to get it done, and it, it minimized the time it took to do that. Did, did you do that in your airplane, or was it one of theirs? Yeah, yeah I did it in the 172 SP. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So let's back up again a little bit, too. So you, you, you decided it was appropriate for your business. Would you mind sharing just a little bit what your business is and then you know how that helped, uh, you know, having an airplane helped you? Sure, absolutely. So my business, I've uh, been in manufacturing uh, all my life in one one sense or another or, or operations. But my business today, we make uh, three primary things. We make uh, school furniture that we sell to schools all across the United States, and we sell through dealer networks. We also make parts for Lazy Boy, and uh, we make aquarium stands you put your fish tank on. Uh, we sell those to Walmart, Petco, PetSmart. We've been doing that since uh, 2000 or so. So the 172, uh, you know, I flew it out more than once out to Phoenix to see the folks at PetSmart. Um, also had family in, in, in Dallas, so it, it made the commute down there a little easier. 
Uh, but today, our dealer network being all across the country, I'll fly and see dealers. I was up at a customer yesterday in Jefferson City. Uh, was in Dallas a few weeks ago. So it makes it convenient for me because by the time I go to, uh, get up, get to an airport an hour before a flight, get on the flight, make a connection, get somewhere. I can't do that in a day, but having the Malibu, I can leave my house at seven, or eight in the morning, go see a customer, be, be back in my bed that evening. And I just like that a lot more <laughs> for yeah. one, for one, it's easier on me, but two, it's flexible for the customer. I can stay as long as I need to go, uh, with him. I don't need to be on a schedule and, uh, it's really worked out well. And recently we've had another business venture coming up or come up that we're looking at in Alabama. And I've been flying down to Alabama every Friday, coming back every Sunday for the last wow. eight or nine weeks. And uh, doing that on, I did it once on Delta, did it once on American, but you know, two hours and 45 minutes in the Malibu is a lot more convenient. Absolutely. You know, uh, of course, uh, when we came to see your Saratoga, uh, it was a hot day as it often is. And we have a policy here at Wild Blue that, uh, Chris stays out and sweats, and I go in the uh, air-conditioned comfort and take pictures of, of log books. It's just and that's what you did, by the way. Yeah, exactly. yeah. well, so, then I get yeah. the nap on the way home, though. <laughs> he flies, I get the nap on the way home. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned that, though, to say that I had the opportunity to see uh, see inside your business and the, and the work that was going on. It was fascinating. I mean, the you know, a lot of skilled craftsmen working in your business and, and uh it was it was a going operation, and I know you were talking about just having to keep up was a was a struggle. So I'm sure the airplane helps you in that regard, because you spend less time traveling and more time working uh, in your shop. But uh, your business, I know it's it's varied, but it's really going in all directions. I mean, it's it's a really a going entity right now, isn't it? You guys are busy. Yeah, we're busy. COVID. COVID impacted schools, as you can imagine, last year, some schools didn't open. Schools waited to the last minute to decide if they were going to open. And the Delta variant coming out now has kind of put things in question again, whether virtual learning is going to apply in 2021, 2022. Uh, but we're still growing. Our sales are up uh, significantly. We continue to invest in machinery, new equipment to increase capacity. So yeah, it's it, it when you have a growing business and a busy schedule, then the airplane fits well. And I'll give you more detail on that trip to Jeff City yesterday. We had a customer that was unhappy with something we'd shipped and we needed to take care of it. So it would have been a three and a half, four hour drive up to stay there for an hour, three or four hour drive back and would have been a full day. I left at 7.30, went to Jeff City Airport, jumped in the crew car, went and took care of business. I was back at the plant before lunch and allowed me to have half a day here during our busy season that otherwise would have been tied up on the road with not quite as productive. So the airplane makes me more productive because I can be in the office more often. That's a really a illustrative story, honestly, of, of why mm -hmm. these things make a difference. And uh, that's, uh, that's appreciate you sharing that. Sure. Particular. You know, what's, what's fun about, or what's interesting about that is the, uh, just the the flexibility that he gives you like just a, just a quick story i had a, a buddy down in branson call me on um day before yesterday and he needed to go down to a funeral in columbus mississippi and it's a long drive um so i flew down to branson yesterday i picked him up i uh, took him down to columbus mississippi i sat there at the airport like a, a corporate pilot for three hours while he went to the funeral you know and i brought him back home and and then those are things you just can't do so uh, I was wondering, is, have you, you know, being the business owner and, and you started this business, right? 
Yeah, correct. Started in 97. So do you have, uh, I don't know if there's a, a number or a dollar value, or maybe it's just a, a percentage or something like that, but do you have a sense on, you know, what aviation or what, what owning your own airplane has done uh, to, to grow your business? You know, I've, ne- I've never looked at it that way, but, uh, you know, several times a year I'll, I'll, I'll run numbers just to say if I were to flown this commercial or if I would have had to do it a different way, that depending how you load in the fixed costs of annuals and insurance and all the, the costs for a trip and you're looking at fuel and general maintenance, uh, and airline, airline prices today, planes are full, prices are pretty steep on a last minute uh, ticket. Uh, I truly believe if I'm taking somebody with me, uh, you know, it, it's as it's as economical as it can be flying commercial, and the the intangibles of being able to be there on my schedule, uh, yeah, I truly believe it, it, it's saving me money in the long run. But I've, I've never tried to tie into say is, is our business growing because of the airplane. I don't I don't use the airplane as that tool. I lose it, use it more as a service tool to make sure I can be responsive to customers and. And, and be flexible to their needs and schedules. So are employees going with you too? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Like yesterday we took, uh, we took one of our operations guys to, to see the defect that was in the field so he can learn and say, it's one thing to see parts on a table, but now to see the unit assembled in a school, now you understand why this little piece here is so important or this tolerance is so important. So I try to take an employee or two with me everywhere I go so they can see and experience it and interact with the customers because, uh, uh, once that personal touch happens or that learning happens, it sticks with them forever. Is it fair to say that uh, that's kind of an intangible for them too, because you might be sending them out on the road and now they can be home uh, for, uh, for dinner with their families? Sure, absolutely. Um, this, this, we're going to make another trip to Jeff City, but we're going to be able to take all the parts up there in the airplane, get it kicked out two or three hours versus having to go get a car or rent a, rent a truck, put them in a truck, driving to Jeff City probably spend an overnight there with the hotel. Uh, I, I think it's a beneficial all around. I know Jeff C. They're good about uh, about letting you use a, a courtesy car. I've, I've done that uh, myself in Jefferson City. I, a, a friend of mine just uh, just got his license this past week. It's kind of interesting story. And he and his wife, she's from over in Jeff City, and they go to the, uh, they love the uh, Central Dairy. is a, a famous ice cream place in Jefferson sure. City. And, and his uh, his second flight as a private pilot was to take her uh, from from here in the Kansas City area over to uh, Jeff City for ice. Oh, really? It went great. They borrowed the crew car from yep. Jeff City Flying Service. So you know, there's a little different example. Not a guy that's going to use it for business because he's retired, but but he's uh, he's still having fun flying airplanes. And so uh, I actually have two questions. That one is uh, I was fascinated when you know the fish tank tie-in you know the fish tank holders is i know you talked about that business really boomed at one point and then it kind of leveled off to owning fish i guess was a little less popular walmart stopped selling or something but uh, first off i think it's great you know that this is a these are these are manufactured in the united states hey it's something something these companies are selling that's not from uh china but secondly did you see an uptick since you and i talked a lot about that business when i was down there uh in your factory did have you seen an uptick in COVID, uh, since COVID, of fish ownership at all, or is that is that uh, uh, changing anything? Well, uh, 
aquarium stands were trending down, but with COVID and people being stuck in their homes, we saw, we, we couldn't keep up last summer. It was unexpected demand. Uh, and that demand continues today, although it's starting to soften and soften a bit. But uh, we saw a resurgence in anything that we sold furniture-wise online uh, through Walmart.com, Pet, uh, Petco.com, PetSmart, uh, or even Amazon. COVID really drove some of that business for people being at home and needing something to do that was a little different than what they did pre-COVID. Yeah, I, I was curious about that. that uh, and then... And then as I was talking about the, the friend of mine that flies his, uh, flew his wife over to Jeff City, I was also thinking about, and you also, I think, use your airplane occasionally to fly. Uh, don't you fly the Panhandle of Florida some? Uh, are you still doing that? or am I Sure. sure. So we, uh, as we grow our network, uh, we, are, we are finding states where they spend a lot of money on schools. And Florida is a big spender on education. So we're trying to develop a network down there because I have a house down there uh, that we built a couple of years ago. I make a point to call on uh, the Florida Panhandle myself. So we'll go down for a few days, go visit some superintendents, talk about things. And uh, uh, you know, again, three hours and 40 minutes, we can be in the Panhandle and uh, take care of business and uh, be back. And the beauty of it is you're, you're doing business, but you get to take advantage of the, the airplane already being down there for family reasons. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, or or it's it's nice. I have somewhere to stay, even if I don't take the family. I got somewhere to stay down there. I've got a car down there, and if I take the family, you know, they ride along and can do things while I'm working and uh, enjoy a little bit of the uh, Florida sunshine. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So, you, if impart some of your words of wisdom, would you on on people who are you know that are that are that own a business, they might be thinking about jumping into um, you know getting something that that they can use. We got it. What's interesting with you, Richard, we got a lot of customers who are kind of in the same boat that you are. They are, they're in a semi uh, remote area. And by that, I mean, it, it takes them a while to get maybe an hour to, uh, to drive to a, uh, to a, an airport that's served by the airlines. And then you're, you're flying the regionals and then you got to make a connection somewhere. And then, you know, you got all that. So it's just like, you can't get anywhere and back in the same day. So we got a lot of folks that I think that, uh, that's more the norm in our world than the, than the people who live in the big cities. But um, you know, what, what kind of words of wisdom you got for somebody that's that's thinking about, you know, jumping on that train and and, uh, seeing what they can do for their business. Well, I read a lot of forums online, follow different pages on Malibu's or Moni's or whatever, just, just to see what people are saying. One thing I I think that is important is a Malibu's nice. It's fast. But if you don't have some hours in your book, you're going to have trouble getting insurance. And if you do get insurance, you're going to have to pay for it. So uh, I've, I've got around 2,000 hours now, but I started small and worked my way up. So I guess the advice would be, you know, don't, don't expect to get your private pilot's license. You're going to go out and buy a Malibu and start flying around for your business. Because one, I'm not sure it's that safe. That, that airplane's pretty fast. You can get behind it pretty easily. But two, you, it's got to make financial sense. Unless you just got a lot of money and you don't care about burning, um, you know, start smaller, stay closer to home, get some hours in it, feel comfortable with it, see the utility of the aircraft, understand the cost of ownership. But for me, every transition has been a, a business decision and or a family decision. And I don't regret any of them. Uh, the Malibu to me is 
is probably where I will stay. The only difference being I, I probably want pressurized and it'd be nice to have kerosene burning up front instead of ab gas. But the Malibu platform to me is, I think, where I'm going to finish my life. Uh, it's just a question of whether or not it's uh, in this airplane. But don't get too aggressive. Don't try to move out there too fast. And uh, you can spend a lot of money real quick if you don't know what you're doing. Be, be certain to go get a pre-buy from someone specializes in your aircraft. So if you're going to go to Malibu, go to somebody like uh, a Kevin Mead up in Olathe or one of the other shops that specialize in the PA-46. The return on that's going to be uh, well worth your investment. And, uh, you know, run some numbers and talk to some other people. Just don't go make a decision. Talk to other people that own the airframe you're looking at. Uh, go fly in that airframe. You know, talk pros and cons and, uh, and make a wise, wise and informed decision. I think it is, to be clear to our listeners, uh, Richard owns a Matrix, which is the uh, unpressurized version of the PA-46. So in case the listeners are wondering, well, I thought a Malibu was pressurized. It's, it's a Matrix that he owns, which is the same thing, just unpressurized. You, you I, call made it, a, I call it a Malibu only because ATC doesn't, yeah, the, oh, so I've never heard of Matrix before, so I've just no, gotten in the habit of calling it a Malibu. No, it's, a, it's no. a Malibu. I mean, it's it's a Malibu. It's it true. It's just... It you know, you, you brought up a good point, and, and this is something that I honestly I don't hear a lot from people. So there, a lot of a lot of business folks, uh, you know, you, you included, have the means, they have the wherewithal to go out and and, and just jump right into something big. And and it's not like uh, it's not like necessarily buying a boat where you know you're still tooling around the lake or or the shore, you know, doing. 15 knots. I mean, this, there's serious differences in these airplanes. It's good to hear somebody like you that says, you know what, let's, let's take it a little slower. Let's, let's work our way up because, you know, just the the last year, they were pretty close together. Todd, I don't remember, but we had a, one of them I know about fairly well. The other one, I I don't know so much about, but we had two matrixes or two, two Malibus, um, one that we sold and one that was just here that, uh, had issues because of people, I think, not giving them the, uh, the respect that those airplanes needed. One, one of the guys we sold a one to uh, super guy, uh, he could afford getting into it. Within two weeks, he promptly um, collapsed the nose gear out at uh, an Eagle, Colorado. And that's a, that's a real problem sometimes on those airplanes for somebody who lets the plane get away from them. Uh, the other one was a, a local guy, or uh, not a local guy, it was a local incident. There was a, a Todd and I were yeah, downstairs right getting coffee, and, and the manager here at Atlantic says, hey, did you see the, the Malibu that ran off the runway out there? And we look out the window, and then there's the guy. And the gals at the front desk were telling us, you know what, that thing looked like a clown car, because there were six people coming off that airplane, and they weren't small people. And I, I, you know, pulled them up. Of course, we ran up here. We, we go check out uh, Flight Aware to see where they came from. And you start doing the math. And you're like, oh, my gosh, there's no way they were within <laughs> limits on that airplane. There's just no way. So I, I appreciate that coming from somebody like you because that, that, that says a lot. That, you know, just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you should. Yeah, absolutely. Well, your step-up airplane was a Piper Saratoga. And that is uh, – uh, I'd be interested in your thoughts. I, I know that uh, – for some reason, Saratoga owners in the room think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so, uh, uh, but uh, what did you find utility-wise from your uh, Saratoga? It was a Saratoga 2HP. Yeah, I, I love that aircraft. Um, yeah, I got it because I needed more seats as the family grew. Um, and now, I, looking back, I've owned a Cessna, I've owned a Beach product, and I've owned two Pipers. 
Uh, I'm very, uh, very happy with the Piper platform. Parts are affordable, um, you know, made in Florida. Beach, the beach was nice. Don't get me wrong. That Bonanza was a hot rod, but it was expensive to work on a, on a, on a Beechcraft uh, airplane. Uh, I never had a, uh, never had a significant issue with the uh, Saratoga. It was a solid platform. Uh, it got me everywhere I needed to go. I never found myself unable to get somewhere. Um, I upgraded some avionics in it. But the, the, the nice thing about the Malibu is primarily the speed, but it also brought anti-ice into my, into my life. I didn't have boots on the Saratoga. I was not turbocharged on the Saratoga. So uh, it's allowed me to expand my operational uh, frame in terms of got a little ice coming out of Missouri on a, on a December morning. Saratoga couldn't go. Um, Need to get up a little higher in the summer, coming back from Georgia, get over those cumulus buildups in the afternoon. Saratoga wasn't going to get there very easily. Uh, and the comfort inside, albeit it's it's like being in a greenhouse when you're flying in the sun, the AC on that thing, I don't think any of them do that well. Uh, but absent being able to open a vent and get a little airflow going, uh, uh, the Malibu to me is a better platform. It's a lot more expensive platform, but the Saratoga never let me down. I really enjoyed a stable airplane. I trained on Pipers 30 years ago. Uh, but uh, it, it was a good, comfortable plane, a lot more shoulder room than the Beechcraft, the Bonanza had. Um, I got no complaints about it other than I just wanted something with anti-ice, and this matrix came open, and that's why we jumped on it. Have you always owned the planes yourself, or has, has there been a partner involved? Never had a partner. always owned them 100% myself or through the business. Okay. What do you do for training? Um, with the Malibu, uh, insurance requires me to go get uh, training every year. And they require it be through a certified platform. So I use Dick Rochefort. Uh, um, he came down from his home in the Northeast into Joplin, did the five or six day course with me in July of last year. And then he's coming down in a couple of weeks to do my, uh, do my annual review. But I really like Dick. He's a PA 46 specialist. There's three or four of them around the country. Uh, but, uh, but I enjoy him and I'm flying 150, 200 hours a year right now. So, um, for him, that means you're flying the aircraft enough where you're, you're, you're staying current, current, you're staying comfortable. I'm shooting instrument approaches, um, fairly often. So, uh, the, the training is, um, with Dick has been very good. And I look forward to, to seeing him again this month. So we've seen a number of, of customers go from kind of like what you're doing again, but we've seen them go from either Saratoga to, uh, um, uh, a matrix or a mirage so, you know, a fair number of them take that next step. And you kind of hinted at this a little bit ago that, you know, the jet a burning, uh, getting into a Meridian or something like that. Um, you see your, yourself getting down that road at some point, um, where you can you know, take advantage of all that that thing has to offer. You know, I, I do. Uh, the one thing that concerns me, is, it's more personal is, you know, I'm in my fifties now. Uh, I'm not sure how long that class three medical is going to hold out. And someday you may have to go to a basic med and that limits you under, under the flight levels. So uh, uh, as long as health holds out, uh, I think in three or four years, there'll be kerosene burning uh, versus uh, ab gas burning. Now I say that I, I was thinking about it in bed just a couple of nights ago. There's no, there's no easy way to get fuel in the OSHO, at least kerosene at uh, seven, eight o'clock at night. So pay at the pumps, ab gas only. So, there's, there's some, some things I need to research a little bit more on that, but if I had a wish list, uh, that turbine would definitely be uh, on the list and something I'm going to look hard at 
in the next three or four years. Yeah, for somebody who's looking at that jump, you know, I, uh, we had a customer down in uh, South Texas earlier this year, and we sold him a Saratoga a number of years ago, and he was wanting to go to something pressurized, calling his employees back and forth, and uh, it really got down to the Mirage um, wasn't going to give him the range and the, the payload capability that he needed. You know, uh, he was still going to have to make a stop, and he wanted to try to avoid doing that, and so he got into a Meridian. And, and he's, he's loving it. But like you say, you know, those costs, they really start to escalate uh, when, you, when you're doing stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, but it's so, it's so impressive the way you worked your way up. And, and I just, you've just done it right. And, and I hope our listeners take, if, if nothing else out of this uh, particular podcast, just take that, that stepping stone approach that Richard has taken the building blocks and, and got experience. And then the training, you know, you're going to, you know, using uh, one of those guys that's a, that's insurance. Of course, he has to be insurance qualified, but uh, it just, you know, you're carrying your, your employees, sometimes your family in that airplane, you know, you, you understand the responsibility that that uh, incurs. It's not just a matter of being able to afford one of these airplanes. It's a matter of matter of being able to operate it correctly. And I, I applaud you for that because you really are doing that. And I'll comment to that too. When I went and got the annual done at Mead in January, uh, you know, Kevin went through the list, was very thorough. And I said, Kevin, I'm carrying my family in this plane. If there's anything on this list that you said needs to be done, we're going to do it. And I, I talked to so many pilots and said, I wouldn't want to waste the money on that or I wouldn't want to waste the money on that. And, you know, I, I value my life more than anything, but my daughter's right there next to me and my, my, my wife. Um, yeah, you, you, you can't skimp on the maintenance. And, uh, and if you're going to own an airplane that costs you four or five, six hundred thousand dollars, and you're going to worry about a couple thousand dollars here and there, you're, you're owning the airplane for the wrong reason. Uh, so uh, I, I've always been that way with every plane I've owned. If the mechanic was erring on the side of caution for any reason, I said, absolutely, we're going to do this the right way and make sure it's buttoned up and, and good to go because I got too many lives relying on it personally that I care so much about that we're not going to let a, let a few thousand dollars here or there put a question mark on something. When you come up uh, to OJC next January, you need to let us know in advance and we'll come down and maybe even Chris will buy coffee for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, we would love that. We actually, that'd be, that'd be wonderful, Richard. If you'd, uh, if you'd let us know, we'd love to sure. say hi Absolutely. again. And let me add one more thing on, on, on the stepping stones. You learn so much at each airplane. So I, I don't recall any, any major issues in the Cessna, but I did, I do remember a couple of vacuum failures, vacuum pump failures and alternator failure. I had stepped up to the Sarah to the Bonanza. I had a runaway elevator trim, uh, oh, wow. on a flight back from Tulsa, luckily in BMC. Um, I had a um, radio short out in the Saratoga, a new Garmin transponder short out, filled a cockpit with smoke at 8,000 feet. So those types of things, had a, had a Malibu been my first plane and I experienced those types of issues in there, I'm not sure what would have happened. But you also learn not just the flying skills and be, to be more efficient and, and have a, have a uh, um, control of the airplane, not let the airplane get ahead of you, but you start asking questions in training. So I said to Dick, hey, I had a transponder short out in that uh, beach uh, or the Saratoga. I was able to open the vents and clear the smoke. What, what do you do in a, what do you do in a, in a uh, Malibu? So it, it, it prompts you to, to be thinking about more things too as you're flying. Uh, and and I, I think it's important too. I do this with, did it with Kevin. 
I stayed with them for the annual for a couple of days because I wanted to see the systems. I wanted to see what was behind those cowlings and what's behind those panels to understand as I'm flying. If I'm trimming, all of a sudden I start feeling a little bump in the trim. Oh, I know how that, that rigging's done. I'm going to guess I got a wire that's gone over itself or something on the on the elevator trim. But just to know that aircraft inside and out, to not just jump into it and start flying. I think this is some insight into why Richard's business is successful because he's looking at details. This is, you know, I'm sure you operate like this within your, uh, in your manufacturing business too. And it, you know, that's one way to be successful for sure is pay attention to details. Yeah. It's good to hear Richard. It really is because the, uh, you know, I, Todd will attest to this and, and I think for both of us, nothing is less impressive to me than the airplane owner who brags about their $1,500 annual. And, you know, you're operating airplanes and I've, and we've heard it from guys that have PA 46. Oh yeah. That last annual is only $2,500. I'm like, you're, there's no way you're doing a, a full annual at $2,500. I mean, uh, I even tell people to buy a, a Saratoga or an A36. Look, you need to, you need to really plan on spending probably six to eight grand a year. Uh, if you're going to take care of the things that need to be taken care of. Yeah. So it's, uh, you're, you're unfortunately kind of a, uh, a needle in the haystack or a diamond in the rough, I guess, better way to put it, because there's a lot of airplane owners that, that don't necessarily look at it that way, you know, and in, in today's market, they can get into an airplane like a PA 46 and not necessarily like yours, but you go back to an older one, they can get into it for fairly reasonable money. Uh, but I was just telling a guy this the other day, I said, yeah, you can get into it for 250 grand. It was a, it was a fairly old one. I said, but you got to remember you're, you're maintaining a million dollar airplane and, and that's the way you got to look at it. So if you can't afford the annual, don't buy the airplane because uh, okay, don't go spend five, six hundred thousand dollars on an airplane and worry about whether you're going to get a fifteen hundred dollar annual. So you just got, got the wrong priorities there. Well, listen, this is this has been very worthwhile. So what I'd like to wrap up is let you have the final words and say, you know, anything that, uh, you know, what's what's next for you? What's next for your business? And, uh, you know, any other words of wisdom you can impart before we close out? Well, sure. So, you know, the business is still growing. Uh, I'm still young enough. I'm going to enjoy this ride for a while. My oldest daughter's in college. I'll be coming up to Mizzou this Saturday and helping her move into her sorority house for her sophomore year. Um, but, uh, you know, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the aircraft. I enjoyed the transaction with Wild Blue. It was a smooth and easy purchase. Uh, I appreciated the information you all shared, how much you cared and came down selling the Saratoga for me. Uh, you made the, the purchase and sell experience very, 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 very good. And uh, I look forward to when the opportunity arises again, you know, using your group uh, for that next purchase because you made it so easy and, uh, and made, it, made it like I would do it if I were in the aircraft selling business. So um, I appreciate all you do. Flying's a lot of fun. For people that are getting into it, you know, don't, don't let your egos and your, uh, and your wallet get you ahead of where your, where your capabilities are. And, uh, but enjoy it. It's, it's so much fun and utilizing aviation, utilizing aircraft uh, has benefited me. And uh, I got some great stories. I'd love to talk about it anytime somebody wants to call or drop me a, drop me a Facebook message. If they have questions about the move they're thinking from a Saratoga or a Malibu, I'll be glad to give my, my insights, you know, but uh, I enjoyed it. I love it. Uh, as long as my health keeps up, I'm going to be flying uh, every week, every month. And uh, I appreciate your help and putting me in this Malibu. 
Oh yeah. Hey, thank you. And, and that, that kind of comes, you know, I'm going to cue Todd for the, the little, the, the little voiceover. And, and that was an unpaid solicitation folks. Yeah. Thank you. That was, that was nice. That's not what I was looking for, but thank you. Uh, we, so we make friends with, with a lot of our customers. Honestly, it, it's just, a, it's a great, well, you know, I, I called you a few weeks ago and I said, uh, Hey, I was up in the air the other day and I heard that tone come over when an MD 80, 88 was talking. What causes that, that, that harmonic? <laughs> At 400 hertz uh, tone. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we we're, we we became friends in this transaction. I thought I'm going to call Chris and just ask that. It's always made me uh, curious, and you know, it's just kind of a relationship. You've called me a few times. You know, it's just I just had fun with you all. Uh, I respect you all, and uh, really enjoyed it. And you know, I think we made a lifelong friends out of this transaction. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what we. we that's what I mean. Aviation's great. We like all that. But I, I'll tell you, the, the thrill I get out of it is just meeting people and learning about their businesses, and you know, and, and seeing how they operate. There's just so much to learn out there. I, I think it's it's one of those things where I wish that I had the curiosity to learn when I was 20 that I have now. Because maybe as you start to see the end approaching, you know, you're like, man, I just want to suck up all this stuff and learn from all these people. And uh, and I, I'm, now I'm starting to feel like I don't have time to do it. But oh well, well we're still doing a lot though. But well, listen, thank you, and uh, and folks, hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, we'll close out here and. Uh, um, and I, I guess, you know, Richard, if, if you want, do you want to, uh, you know, for anybody that might be in the market for the products that you manufacture, uh, do you want to give some contact information for your business here, maybe a website? Sure. Our website is marcogroupinc.com. That's Marco, M-A-R-C-O, group, G-R-O-U-P, put an I-N-C on the end, marcogroupinc.com. You can see everything we make, contact page there. Drop us a message if we can help you. All right, super. Richard, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Richard. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.